We have a special guest today who is an expert in Bible prophecy. He has written an outstanding book about the role of technology and the fulfillment of end-time prophecies. I can assure you that you will find what he has to say to be both informative and fascinating. Stay tuned. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleagues uh, Tim Moore and Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today. His name is Britt Gillette. Welcome to Christ in Prophecy, Britt. Thank you, Dave. It's great to be here. Glad to have you in God's country down here in Texas. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, folks, uh, Britt and his wife and their three children live in uh, Virginia where he works in the marketing department of an architecture and engineering design firm. Britt is an expert on Bible prophecy and has written several excellent books about the topic. Today we're going to be discussing an outstanding book of his titled, Racing Toward Armageddon. And the subtitle of the book is, Why Advanced Technology Signals the End Times. Britt, would you say the subtitle is the thesis of the book? Absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot of books have been written about the role of technology in the end times. But with this one I really wanted to get to if the prophecies of the Bible aren't fulfilled before these advanced technologies take place, they will eventually lead to the fulfillment of hundreds of ancient Bible prophecies concerning the end times, the Antichrist, and the Battle of Armageddon. So while human advancements in technology are not uh, while end times prophecy is not relying on those things happening, yes. um, we what will you're saying see there is God could do it supernaturally if He wanted correct. to. Correct. Yeah. So, but if if it doesn't happen before these advancements take place, then we will see the events that are described in the Bible fulfilled by the development of these technologies. Fred, I appreciate the fact you say that the fulfillment of Bible prophecy is not dependent upon technology, but obviously it has ramifications if it continues as is. One of the subtitles, or actually the chapter titles you use, is God's Overlooked Prophecies. What did you mean by that, and which kind of prophecies do you think are typically overlooked? Sure. Well, I think there's one particular prophecy. It's found in Genesis chapter 11. It's commonly known as the story of the Tower of Babel. And even people that are unfamiliar with the Bible have typically heard the story of the Tower of Babel. So, if we go back to the beginning of humanity uh, after the flood, we've got um, the people of the world are united in a common purpose, a common language, they have a common government, and they set out to build this tower up into the heavens to glorify themselves. And so, God looks down and He sees you know, something that we may think of in today's terms when we see all these skyscrapers up in the clouds and all these different nations try to beat each other every couple of decades to see who can build the tallest tower. We may not look at that as something severely dangerous, but God clearly did because we read in the book of Genesis that He looked down on all of this and He said, if they're able to do this now when they've only begun to take advantage of their common language and their common government, what will they do in the future? nothing will be impossible for them. And so, most people overlook, well, what, were to ha what would, would happen if we got to a time when 
after God confused the languages and broke these, created new languages and new nation states, that's the time, the state of affairs we've lived in ever since then. Mm. What would happen if that reversed and language barriers went away, which we see that happening They're in the process technology. of going away now. Yeah. Correct. They got a lot of apps now. You just speak into it and it gives the translation on Absolutely. the other side. Absolutely. Microsoft Translate will take over 60 different languages and instantly I get a translate. page on the internet and I can click and it'll go to French or Italian or Correct. whatever. And then we see a, a, a great drive toward global government. So we see those two aspects that God said, no, this can happen. I need to put an end to it right now. And the reason why if we read what he says, is he says, nothing will be impossible for them. I love that. Genesis eleven six, And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. And right. it seems like in your book, you're implying then that mankind working together can work their way up almost to Godhood. Is that what God was Correct. implying? If we, if we look at what they were trying to do with the, Bible, with the Tower of Babel, they were trying to build this great monument to themselves, to their own glory. Uh -huh. And we see, you know, Satan has the same desire. And people who are in rebellion against God had that same desire to supplant him. And it also feeds into almost a humanist kind of attitude of mankind can achieve anything and doesn't right. need God. So it creates... A, uh, a reliance only on man and a scoffing at God. Sure. And you see that really in, in the imaginations of Gene Roddenberry who did the Star Trek series. This idea that apart from religion and apart from God that mankind will develop better and better technologies and become better and better morally because of those technologies and then work their way up until eventually as there was one episode in the old Star Trek series that that we are compared to amoeba, you know, God compared us, so we will eventually evolve up into God. And is that what you see that humanity believes? Yes, if you, if you read in the book of Revelation, there's a couple of passages that says that the Antichrist gathers the kings of the earth together to do battle against the Lord and His anointed one, Jesus Christ. Take on and God. so if we look at the history of Christianity, when people read that, they typically think, well, this we're not going to take this literally because... <laughs> How could anybody possibly do battle against the Lord and Creator of the universe? But if we look at the Bible, that's what it literally says. It reminds me of the fact that in the book of Revelation it says that the two witnesses will be killed, lie in the streets of Jerusalem three and a half days, and the whole world will look upon them. Before the mid-1960s there's no way we could understand that naturally. Now you just point a TV camera up to a satellite. Right. And people have devices they can walk around anywhere and look at a news event like that unfolding. It's uh, interesting talking about devices. Many people will never put them down. I mean, there are folks who wear their device on their ear or on their right. wrist, and 24 hours a day virtually they are connected. Well, let Absolutely. me uh, follow your line of thinking because sure. I love to preach about end times technology. Yeah. I tend to stick more with the technology we have today and how sure. that points to the Lord's soon return. But I love how your book, because you're looking not at technology today, but what's technology tomorrow and right around the corner. And you refer to something on uh, in chapter 4, page 23, called the singularity, that our human technology is working up towards something called the singularity. Can you explain what the singularity is and how you see it implemented in changing the way we see Bible prophecy being fulfilled. Sure. Well, the singularity is a theoretical event that states that technological advancement takes place so rapidly that the unaided human mind can't comprehend it. So, as an example... Exponential curve. Correct. 
So think as an example of when you've gotten some software in the past, maybe Microsoft Office. And then after you spend a year, you've learned it, you really know how to work it, they come out with a new version. And then you've got to relearn the new version. And oh, isn't the old joke, the uh, <laughs> when do you know your computer is obsolete? As soon as you take it out of the box. Right. right? Now, there's actually a law named after Tim Moore, I'm pretty uh, sure. I think it's a <laughs> called, Moore. called Moore's law. law. Gordon Moore, yes, right. we were talking about that before the show. Yeah, so every 18 months, right, the technology doubles, and then it doubles, and it doubles. So right. it's not a, just a steady stream up, but it's an exponential curve up towards something called the singularity. Exactly. And so as we see that exponential curve go upward, think of how how taxing some of those developments have been when you've learned something and then you've got to learn something new and maybe it's taken place over a couple of years. Well, as we climb that curve, it'll become a couple of months then a couple of weeks then a couple of days then a couple of hours and you can't possibly keep up with it and we would become obsolete. Especially when you, you talked earlier about people wearing their devices. There are some people who look forward to a day when they can literally merge with those devices and that technology. <laughs> And they would leave us behind because they would I be able to I think some have already merged. I think some have merged. The other thing that I appreciated you touched on, and we see it already, is the proliferation of information has not led to greater wisdom. No. And so some of the folks who have a, a, a greater ability to absorb the new technology kind of dismiss the wisdom of those who have gone before or even those who are still around today because they are not as technologically adept. And so, for instance, younger generations, they don't want to hear about the wisdom sometimes of older generations because, well, they didn't have technology. So, again, they have embraced the information but rejected wisdom, and information in and of itself does not lead to wisdom. And that's a point that you made very clearly. What happens when we reach the singularity, when our technology goes faster than our ability to keep up with it? We don't know. Because we can't, <laughs> we can't see past that point by definition. Okay, so, so it's actually know. a horizon point that we're yes, heading towards. Yes, more of a horizon point that we're heading toward. In um, as a futurist, or you, I would label you that because you sure. look at these technologies, see how they would affect then Bible prophecy. If we reach that singularity in our lifetime, do you? Well, first, do you believe we're going to reach that singularity in our lifetime? And two, how would that affect uh, as prophecy unfolds in Revelation? Well, I, I believe we will approach that point. I'm not sure that we will actually get there okay. before Jesus comes back. In fact, there's a, a prophecy that Jesus gives where he says, unless those days are shortened, no flesh will survive. And often that's been interpreted as, well, the world will destroy itself. There will be this massive war. But as you look at the agenda of some of the people that look forward to merging with technology, they look forward to being able to shed their actual biological bodies and actually, for instance, some people would like to download their brains into a computer network. They think that will allow them to live forever. That is real common in Japanese anima. You see that? Yes. This idea that we are moving towards a time like Ghost in a Shell, for instance, where we'll be able to move our spirits and the robot bodies, or further, we'll create uh, space stations and space labs that are all extra Earth computers where our souls then will live there as disembodied spirits. Do you see humanity? I know Gene Roddenberry was looking for that. And, uh, I don't think we have that much time left. No, I don't <laughs> think it. And, that, and that's a, a point I, about the singularity, the second sure. part of my question. Do you see the timeline for Bible prophecy uh, in parallel with this upward exponential curve, or do you see it preceding us reaching the singularity? 
I see as we get toward the singularity, we're going to reach a point where advanced technologies will create new weapons that will lead to uh, a new era in warfare. For instance, uh, since, since World War II, world peace has essentially rested on the concept of mutual assured destruction. Two nuclear powers wouldn't go to battle with each other because they would both end up destroyed. And people think that that will always be the case. But as we look at history, we know that there are new eras and new technologies that come to replace those. Well, I'm going to have to interrupt at this point. Uh, we're, time is up for this segment. And uh, folks, uh, when we return, we're going to uh, talk to Britt about transhumanism. Greetings in the name of Jesus. The staff at Lamb and Lion Ministries is very blessed and encouraged by the faithful support of all our Prophecy Partners who generously donate to this ministry every month. Your donations allow us to proclaim the soon return of our Lord Jesus Christ through our television show, Christ in Prophecy, and through our magazine, website, conferences, and the many ministries we support, both domestic and international. If you are not partnering with us and would like to, we invite you to do so for a donation of just $25 a month or a one-time donation of $300 a year. As a Prophecy Partner, you will receive six issues of our exciting magazine, The Lamplighter, and six other, including either publications or videos. One of those gifts will be our annual Holy Land Calendar. Please partner with us to share the good news of Jesus' return. Call the number on your screen or go onto our website and become a Prophecy Partner today. I'm Todd Hutchinson with Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our interview with Britt Gillette about the role of technology in the fulfillment of end-time prophecies. We are discussing his fascinating book, Racing to Armageddon. It is subtitled, Why Advanced Technology Signals the End Times. Britt, as we indicated, you have a chapter dealing with transhumanism. What in the world is that? Well, transhumanism is the belief that uh, people will be able to uh, evolve past our current mental and physical limitations using advanced technology to enter a new era that transhumanists call post-human. We discussed earlier the merging of tech with technology, and there are people that look forward to that fervently, well, almost with a religious fervor, that they're going to be able to upgrade their bodies to take on godlike abilities. Almost a bionic man or a cyborg or in the worst Correct. case a terminator. You know, Britt, that reminds me of something that happened back in the early 70s. The leaders of the New Age movement began to say that the masters of the universe, their demons, had told them that a time is coming when God is going to take off this earth all those who live by faith so that those who live by reason can move on with their evolutionary development. <laughs> that sounds exactly like what some people actually believe. And advocate. So, yes, and advocate and look forward to. Well, Britt, back in the 1950s, there was a gentleman named Richard Finman, and he postulated this idea that we would be able to create things like God using technology called nanotechnology or nanofactories. And you talk a lot about nanofactories in your book. Can you tell sure. everybody in simple terms, please, sure. what nanofactories are and what that implication means to society and how the Antichrist could possibly use it? Sure. 
Well, a nano factory is not much different from a regular factory. Just like you would go to a regular factory and you would see conveyor belts and gears and mechanical arms working with a product moving down the assembly line. Imagine all of that taking place at an atomic level where instead of a product moving down that uh, conveyor belt, it's some molecules that are being assembled. So right now we manufacture from the top down. We break things apart, we glue them together, we weld them. In the age of molecular manufacturing, we'll build from the bottom up one molecule at a time with building And what can products. you build with it? You can build anything with atomic precision, but it will also create an era where those nanofactories can build copies of themselves. And so uh, there's a, a book that Eric Drexler, who's the father of this modern thinking about molecular manufacturing wrote that an, a, a country the size of Singapore, if they developed this technology, could build an overwhelming military force in a matter of months, if not weeks, and use it to conquer the world. So it's like a 3D printer, but you then can build anything you want with it from right. the molecules. Up. Are they talking about manufacturing human beings? No, not manufacturing human beings, although there are molecular machines within human beings, you know, our, our proteins, sure. they're biological and natural in form, but it's taking that natural process, putting it under computer control with, in some cases, using uh, much harder materials than what we have in biology, and you could create uh, cures for every disease. And what's no the implication for Bible prophecy of this kind of capability? Well, that's what one thing we touched on earlier is the era of mutual assured destruction that we've lived in since World War II will come to an end because all of a sudden you'll have a technology that really a handful of people could use to build an overwhelming military force. And it will create great uncertainty if you have multiple nations with that. Right now, if you develop nuclear weapons, it's very expensive. It's easy to track what's used there. There's not these massive advancements that other countries are worried about. But with molecular manufacturing, it will create a great level of uncertainty that makes striking first a top priority. If you so, watch the old Star Trek Next Generation, I think this is what if you put an image in people's minds is that Captain Picard would stand in front of the what he called the replicator and say, T, Earl Grey hot. And also in boom, it would be manufactured right there. So you're saying then with nanofactories, we would have the ability to say whatever we want could be built. So would there be any want or need anymore? And, and how would that change the balance of power in the world? You could see the whole world system sure. being overturned, such a technology. Now, from what I'm reading, though, the technology isn't really supposed to be available until about 30, 40 years from now. Do you see that coming sooner or later? And Because when I look at Bible prophecy and sure. signs of the times, I think the Antichrist is coming a lot sooner than 30 or 40 years from now. Sure. But if it does, the scenario you built is impressive because then as humanity, we would almost have the power of creation. Sure. Well, Ray Kurzweil, who's an engineer at Google and probably one of the uh, best people in Silicon Valley at predicting future technologies and when they would become available, he says that by the year 2029, $1,000 worth of computing power will be equal to a single human brain. Oh, wow. And he believes that we're on that exponential curve and by around the year 2040 is when he envisions the singularity taking place. So all of these developments are probably, are, are certainly within our lifetime. Well, let's move on to another topic. You, you asked a, or have a chapter entitled The Great Lie. What is the great lie sure. when it deals with technology 
and Bible sure. prophecy. Well, in Second uh, Thessalonians 2.11, Paul states that in for the end times generation, God will send this great delusion and the people will be believe a great lie or the great lie, depending on your translation. Um, looking at the Bible and what is that great lie, look at the original lie in recorded human history, which is in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Eve is being tempted in the garden by Satan. And he says, if you eat that fruit, you won't die. You'll be just like God. Mm. And as we were discussing earlier, there are people within the transhumanist movement who see themselves as becoming just like God. That's their aim. They see that they'll be able to take on the, the superhuman intelligence and immortality through technology and that they will then go out and infuse the rest of the universe with their intelligence. Wow. Mm. So again and again, we've got this idea that humans think we can evolve and become better and more moral. But you say throughout your book here, and I love it that you bring this point up because this is a huge point. Page 45, the human heart is worse that the most terrible weapon can ever devise or technology can't rid us of our rebellious nature. In fact, it's just the opposite. Instead of taming our sinful nature, technology will amplify it. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that we're not going to become more like gods with technology. We actually become more like Satan. Right. Well, we, we amplify what we are already. So if we look at past technologies, they brought great benefits and these future technologies will as well. But those past technologies have also brought some pretty horrible things. For instance, railroads have been a, a good thing for humanity. So have um, all sorts of industrial technologies, assembly lines, but the human heart used those things to create the Holocaust and yeah. to bring, to ship in people for mass genocide. So we'll see the same thing with advanced technologies. The human heart cannot change. And that's the one thing that the transhumanists missed is they think that this utopia will be brought about. That's because they're humanists. And the fundamental yeah. idea of all humanists is that men are basically good. And that's what's happened is society has corrupted them. If we only perfect society, everybody will be fine. Whereas Christianity teaches that man is fundamentally flawed by a sin nature. And I appreciate the fact you emphasize that over and over and over throughout your book. Yes, we can change the, the condition of our bodies and some, to some degree our brains or at least enhance it, but the human heart is the thing that is most deceitful. Well, with all of the analysis and vision that you have recorded even in your book, what do you see as the season in which we are living? Do you think we are living in the season of the Lord's return? Yes, absolutely. Jesus said that we can't know the day or the hour but he tells us over and over to be alert, to watch, and to look for the, the signs. And Jesus and the prophets gave us signs to look for. For the first 1800 plus years of Christianity, not one of those signs was present. But today we have the Jewish people back in the land of Israel. We have the Jewish people in control of Jerusalem. We have the gospel being preached all around the world. We have enemies surrounding Israel. We have Israel, one of the smaller nations in the world, has an exceedingly great army. We see the beginnings of the Gog of Magog alliance, oh, yes. which was yes. written about in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Uh, the preeminent nations in that alliance, Russia, Turkey, Iran, are all poised on Israel's northern border as we speak, coordinating their militaries. And Ezekiel said that they would attack Israel from the north. Mm -hmm. So we see all of these things taking place. And Jesus said in Luke 21, 28, when you see all these things take place, look up. Your and you have just implied near. the most important overreaching sign, convergence. Everything is converging for the first time. 
And I want to emphasize, Jesus didn't say, when you see all of these things, look up, because I may come in a century or two. <laughs> he, said, yeah. he said, look up, I'm coming now. And yep. we see Amen. all of these things coming together exponentially. We're living on borrowed time. We I think one of the keys, are. even as we record a, a, a program that will be televised, is we have the ability, and God takes things even intended for evil, to turn some of this technology to a, a good purpose, whether it is sharing the gospel, whether it is sharing the gospel in other languages that for many years we did not have the ability to communicate as effectively. We translate many of our books into other languages. So the Lord has allowed us uh, to use some of these technologies in a very positive manner, but you're talking about the unfortunate uh, downside to the technology especially as it leads people away from God Himself. Red, how about looking into that camera directly in front of you and telling viewers how they can be heirs of the promise of the rapture? Well, the most important decision that you can make is to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you're either for me or you're against me. And Jesus died on the cross and gave His blood to pay for your sins. We were all born sinners. And through Jesus, you can find true life, you can find true peace, you can find all of the promises that the transhumanists look forward to fulfilled in Jesus. And that's not something you can earn. No, it's not. It's a free gift. By grace, through By faith. Grace. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, folks, we'll be back with you in just a moment. Hey, Brad, it's been so good to have you on Christ and Prophecy. Thank you so much. You keep writing about Bible prophecy. Please. Amen. Amen. Brett, I also want to thank you for coming to Texas and for sharing with us a vision of what the future might hold. But I want to give you an opportunity to tell our viewers how they can be in touch with your ministry. Well, thank you. Uh, you can find me at www.endtimesbibleprophecy.com. Great. And uh, I too want to say that we really appreciate you being here. And uh, I pray the Lord will just keep your hand going. I don't know how you find the time, but you keep writing those books, okay? Thank you. It was my privilege All right. to be here. Well, folks, uh, that's our program for today. Stay tuned, and we'll tell you how you can get a copy of Britt's fascinating book about technology and its relevance to end-time Bible prophecies. I hope our program has been a blessing to you, and I hope the Lord willing that you'll be back with us next week. And in the meantime, I hope you will pray for this ministry. Pray for God to keep us right in the center of His will and pray for our proclamation to go out all over the world that Jesus is coming soon. Till next week, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. If you would like to get a copy of Britt Gillette's book, Racing Towards Armageddon, you can do so for a donation of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. The book provides an overview of the signs of technology that point to the fact that we are living in the season of the Lord's return. And although the book is about technology, it is written for the general reader and thus is easy to understand. Learn about such fascinating things as the exponential curve, the singularity, transhumanism, and nanofactories. The book will also help you to see how developments in technology are enabling us to understand Bible prophecies that have always been a mystery in the past. The book will show you how world government is inevitable, why the world will worship the Antichrist, why a new movement promises to transform the human race, and why an overlooked prophecy is the key to understanding the end times. Find out too why our generation is unique in all of human history, and why modern technology will soon lead to the most epic battles of all times, the Battle of Armageddon. 
Again, the book can be yours for a gift of $20 or more, including the cost of shipping. Place your order for the book through our website at lamblion.com or call the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. Central Time. Please consider becoming one of our ministry's prophecy partners. They are the foundation of our ministry as they pray for us and provide the finances needed to continue producing these television programs. You can find the details about becoming a prophecy partner by clicking the donate button on our website at lamblion.com or by calling the office at the number you see on the screen. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 